We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday ah feel the whoa with listerine at bj's you can save two dollars and fifty cents now on listerine products like total care anti-cavity fluoride fresh mint mouthwash or cool mint pocket packs fresh breath strips at your nearest bj's location experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with listerine discount available through december 24th save now only at bj's Well, hello and God bless you. This is Bishop Kevin J. Foreman, pastor of Urban Word Church International, located here in Denver, Colorado, the place where we are changing a generation by changing the way we do church. Listen, I am so excited that you're listening to this life-changing message brought to you by our Taking Over Media Department. If this message is a blessing to you, please email us or contact us to let us know how this message has changed your life. I'd like to invite you to worship if you're here in the Denver area every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. We're located in 1551 South Monroe Street, Denver, Colorado, 80210. That's right off of East Florida Avenue and Colorado Boulevard. I am so excited about our new internet worship campus located at www.uword.org. There you can view services live streaming every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, as well as view our on-demand broadcast as well. I am so excited about what God wants to do in your life. And remember this, God can do anything but fail in your life. And if God said it, you believe it, and that settles it. We have a prayer that I am your oracle today. I only want to do what you call me to do. Father, I declare that you open up our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. You may be seated. I'm going to be ministering from this subject today, the power to change. Look at somebody next to you and say, no, look, you got the power to change. You, you remember that song, I got the power. Remember somebody else and say, I got the power to change. Listen to me. I told you last week that your season was changing. How many people believe that? Your season was shifting, your season was getting ready to change. Here's the thing though. You can't shift seasons and wear the clothing you had on last season. You know, ladies, you know how you are in the fashion. You know, you know, I have people tell me, well, Bishop, you can't wear that because that's out of season. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It would be foolish for us to go into winter and wear shorts and flip-flops and t-shirts. Because you ain't going to do nothing but be cold. You understand what I'm saying? To the contrary, it'd be foolish for us to come into the summertime and go to the pool with a sweater suit on. Talk about I'm just going to swim. You're going to burn out. Look at somebody say you're going to burn out. Understand this. Understand this. When seasons change, we must also learn how to adapt to the season. Are you with me in here? What we wear. So what that means is that we've got to endow ourselves with the weapons of spiritual warfare. Now we just read in Corinthians that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. So in other words, they're not something that our flesh has the ability to do. Are y'all with me here? Watch this. So when I told you last reason that your seeds have changed and you shot it, but here's the deal. If you refuse to change and use the weapons you're given, your seeds ain't going to do nothing but be different. You didn't hear what I just said. You may be in a different season, but nothing will be different for you. Because you've got to be willing to change. Somebody say, I've got to be willing to change. Watch this. So many times we find ourselves bound to situations, y'all, and hardships simply because we have not prayed. But I would just bring everything to God in prayer. Even the smallest things in life, we've got to learn how to take those things to Him in prayer. Because it is when we pray that He gives us guidance. It is when we pray that He gives us instruction. I gave you this analogy a couple of weeks ago. It'd be foolish for, for, for and sometimes we do it, you know, we, we get things and we'll build things and we'll say, well, you know, I'm getting ready to build something and we don't do good the instruction. Come on, man, be honest. And some ladies, too. You know, you got some strong ladies in there that just, well, I got to read your instructions. I put together the last thing I had, I put this one together. And you gave all of that little screws at the end. And you remember what I told you, they don't send extra screws in the package. Sometimes you gotta follow the maker in order for the product to have the best ability and the best use. You understand what I'm saying? So here's one of two things that are happening. Either we 
are not praying at all, or if we're not getting results when we pray, we're not praying properly. Are you with me? Here's the major problem. The major problem is that we condition ourselves to living and in being mediocre. Remember when you were a kid, you had dreams and you had vision for yourself, and you said, "When I grow up, I'm gonna be a doctor. I'm gonna be a lawyer. I'm gonna be this, that, and the other." And now today, our kids, they don't want to do none of that. They want to grow up and be mediocre. Okay, y'all, 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 y'all don't want to be real. Y'all don't want to be real. So what's happening is that over time, our society, y'all, has conditioned itself to be mediocrity. I've never seen nobody that wakes up and says, "I want to be the most average person today." Make me the most average today. I don't want to excel. I just want to. Is anybody? Nobody does that. Somebody said no. What I mean is this, y'all. The bondage that we face a lot of the times ain't the devil. I'm going to say that again because you didn't get it. A lot of the problems and situations that we're in, we blame stuff on the devil and he ain't had nothing to do with it. Understand, some stuff is from our own mindset and our own traditions. Jesus said that it's our own traditions that's going to mess up the word of God. You don't hear what I'm going to say. He said, my word's got power, but you keep trying to filter my power and put it in the box. You, you don't understand what I'm saying? Watch this. So here's one of two things that happen. People change when you learn enough that you want to change. So you learn that the way you're doing it's not the right way, and so you learn that you're growing and now you want to change. Or the second one, and this is how most of us change, when we have enough that we have to change. So we change one or two times. The first one is when we learn enough that we want to change, and the second one I said together, is that we heard enough that we ain't got no choice but to change. Watch this. If we're going to have the kind of life that God wants for us to have, we must learn to change and be flexible. Have you ever met with somebody that was set in their ways, the only problem was their ways, was the wrong ways, and they kept doing the wrong stuff, wondering why they kept getting the same results? You can go and do the same thing over again and expect a different result. They call that insanity. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, stop the insanity. Watch this. When God takes us to a new place, we must change. But sometimes we don't because we have more faith in what we've grown comfortable with than what God has said to us. We've got more faith in being mediocre. God's trying to take us to a level of excellence and we've got more faith doing things the way we've been doing them because that's what we're comfortable with. But people of God, if we're going to have the kind of life God wants us to have, we got to learn how to be flexible. Especially men. Men, we don't know it all. Quit front like you do. If you knew it all, you wouldn't get lost half the time. Y'all don't talk, man. Watch this. Watch this. So it's just like the words that come out of our mouths. Watch this. So the Lord says to us that we are kings and priests. He's made us to be kings and priests. So they say, I am a king and a priest. Watch this. But then what we do is because we conditioned ourselves to be comfortable in where we're at, we say things, we don't say what the Lord says. We say things like, well, I'm just broke. I, I can't afford that right now. You, you know what I'm saying? Or I just say, well, Bishop, you know, under the circumstances, I'm doing as good as I can do. Well, what the heck are you doing up under the circumstances? Watch this, watch this. Here's why we say things like that. We've got more faith in the circumstance, y'all ain't talking, than we do in our God. Because you talk about what you believe in. If you get involved with your business and you believe in the product that you're selling, you talk about it everywhere you go. But if you got the product, you ain't going to say nothing to nobody. And that's how a lot of us are all in the body of Christ is we got more faith in circumstances and situations than the God that we serve. So what happens is, is the cycle perpetuates itself. So we say things like I'm broke. And so what happens is that since faith is progressive, I said faith is not only now, but it's futuristic. Are you with me? So we say things like I'm broke. And so what happens is, is that tomorrow... We broke. You didn't get that. In March, you say things like you broke. April come around. You broke. No, no, but I'm praying and I'm giving away and nothing happening. Because your actions did not match up with your confessions. And so now the spirit realm is confused. You talk about your husband and every other day you talk about how bad you are. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me today. 
have a preacher. I don't have my own self today. So I understand this. It's life and death are in the power of the tongue. See, and I've told you this before. It may be a fact that you're broke, but that ain't the truth. There's a difference between facts and truth. See, when you get a hold of truth, facts don't shake you anymore. See, the facts may be that the doctor said you have six months to live, but that ain't the truth, baby, because the truth is, is that God did strike you up already. Do you understand what I'm saying? The word faith in the Greek is the, uh, the Greek word pistis. It's the same word for faith. So watch this, so whenever we speak the truth, we are speaking what God says about the situation. Y'all know what I'm saying? A lot of us are in situations that the devil had nothing to do with. And we're blaming the devil. I just don't want to do something. The devil's going to fight me. No! You're fighting yourself! Okay, y'all don't want this today. Let me just put an out to tell you get in the house in three days. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this. The fact is, you may not know how ends are going to meet, but that ain't the truth. Because we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And we walk by truth. In the day. Watch this. The struggle is temporary, baby. One thing I learned about trouble a long time ago is it don't last. Always. Somebody ought to say amen or prepare. So watch this. Watch this. If you're going to be what God is ordained for you to be, you can't be no seeing eyes think. You, you, you know, always looking at something. Always looking at the circumstances. Always looking at this and looking at that. Sometimes faith, faith is not stupid, but faith understands that we can't figure everything out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Watch this. Here's our problem. It's that when God speaks, opposed to obey immediately, we pray about it. Right, I can say something right there. The Lord says, I want you to go down, I want you to go, and I want you to pray for the people. Father, if it's your will, that I go pray for the people. He just told you what to do, but because he becomes so God, God speaks and we don't obey. Y'all ain't talking to me. So, so I hear somebody saying, well, Bishop, well, you know, but God has given us the mind, and so he's given us free will. So we get the right to choose. You're absolutely right. We do have the right to choose. But understand this, the purpose of the soul of the man. Now, your soul is your thoughts, your will, your mind, and your emotions. It was not to question what God said to do. I'm going to say that again. Our free will was not about us being able to question what the king said to do. You do understand that if you are in a kingdom, the king says what goes. You don't get to vote. I just said something like that. That's, that's why some things are progressing in the body of Christ the way they're supposed to. Because everybody's trying to be democratic and let folks vote. The kingdom ain't no democracy. Okay, I just said something like that. Y'all ain't going to talk. Watch this. So the purpose of our free will, y'all, was to be able to do what God instructed us to do, but to do it creatively. It was not to question what he said. Okay, let me talk to the parents and the parents. So you know, you say to your child, listen, go clean your room. What would you do if they said to you, well, let me pray about that? That's real nice, mama, but I need to fast on that one. Feel led to do that. <laughs> I guarantee you it wouldn't be pictures and dreams from that moment on. It'd be some smoke in the city because you gave a command and in your house you the king. And you don't get to negotiate with what the king said. So, by the Christ, why would we possibly think that it'd be different for us? Y'all ain't talking to me. Understand this. That's why Philippians 2 5, the Apostle Paul says, He says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Why? Because when we get the mind of Christ, we don't question the legitimacy of God's command. Let me, let me help you understand whether that be the truth of God. God will speak to you about small things that are insignificant. Some of you, you'll be driving down the street and you'll hear a voice say, Turn to the right. You'll be like, For what? Turn to the right. Okay, but the Lord, the Lord's been doing that with me lately because if God can trust you with small things, He says that I can trust you. You've been praying for this, you've been praying for spots, you've been praying for money. I give you money if I can trust you to turn right when I say turn right. And so the Lord just said, turn right. And I'm like, Lord, well, okay, yes, sir. I turn to the right, and I'm like, yes, God. I know there's a miracle down this street. Uh, somebody puts a million dollars on the floor or something, or somebody, you know, won't give me a Mercedes or something, or something. Something is down this street, and nothing happens. 
I'm like, God, now I done spent all this time, all this gas turning this sideways, and ain't nothing happened. But he says, son, I've got to condition you to have my mind. Because when you got my mind, I'll say go, and you'll go, and you won't question me. You, you don't understand what I'm saying. That's why the Lord will speak to you about buying a house, and you're ready to spur up from the floor. Your money's so funny, it's coming jokes. But God will say, go over some houses. Yeah, don't want to talk to me today. God said, go out and then go out and start dating. Leave that alone. Leave that alone. And you're like, well, Lord, I don't trust men. I don't trust women. And he said, listen, because I got to condition you to be obedient to me, just like your children. Now, some of you use time out, some of you use other more creative and more physical methods. Each is her own. But when you speak to your child and they refuse to do what you say, you make sure that they understand that in this house, you're going to do what I said. And you're with me today. So understand this, understand this, that Jesus, he says, let us have the mind of Christ, not the mind of Jesus. This is what, what we're going If you look at the Bible, you see He said, let us have the mind of Christ. Here's why. Because Jesus, up until he became Christ, that's his glory, glory. He was still walking in the power of his humanity. So Jesus, all the way up to Luke 24, was called Jesus Christ. Yeshua, the Messiah. Jesus, the Messiah. But all of a sudden, in Luke 25, he is now referred to as Christ. This is why. Because between 24 and 25, there was a death of a human. You didn't get that. Between chapter 24 and chapter 25 and Luke, you can look out our time to go there. Jesus, the man, died. And he proved that he had power over the flesh. And so when he proved that he had power over the flesh, now it was only Christ that lived. That's why it's not Jesus that lives on your in the inside of your heart. It is Christ that lives on the inside of your heart. Because they killed Jesus, but they couldn't kill Christ. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. So people are God, and we're going to do what God has told us to do. We've got to understand that the power of Christ lives in us. The power of the resurrection lives in you. That's why you can take a look at baby, but what? Keep on ticking. Because you got the resurrection power in you. You ain't got death living inside of you. You got resurrection power. Somebody say, I got resurrection power living on the inside of me. One problem. One problem. You've been thinking. This is what you're talking about whether or not you should do what the Lord has said to do. And you've been trying to figure it out. And you've been trying to add up this set of numbers. Now we're talking. With this set of numbers. And God said, go and do this. But you started thinking. Watch this. Watch this. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. We can't operate in the things of Christ and use carnal methods. You cannot operate with a Christly anointing using a carnal mind. People God, it didn't make sense that Jesus had to go to the cross and had to die. You know what? The Bible says that Jesus he prayed and said, Lord, you can take this from me, take it from me. So contrary to popular belief, he went walking up to the Christ, uh, to the cross smiling. Because Lord Jesus had just go to the cross for a half of sin in the world. Let's see, let this. You know why? Because it hurt. I 
nobody's taking the time to crucify their flesh. And so now we got a body of Christ full of alive people. And God says, I can't operate in that. Y'all are talking to me. Is this too deep for Sunday morning? Is this too deep for Sunday morning? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So God says, give money to the church so that they can reach millions. And you think about your bills. God says, go on fast. And you worry about being hungry. Y'all are talking to me. Watch this. Listen, does that mean that I just be crazy? Stop watching this. Watch this. That does not mean that you excuse wisdom. But carnal wisdom is foolishness to God. Some of y'all know you ain't make enough money to pay your bills, but somehow it's been happening. When you add that plus that, it don't equal that. But somehow that got it done. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Because please understand, faith does not operate with what we see. God operates outside of the system. And don't look at the day to watch this. We keep going to the system expecting to see Christ. And you get nothing but frustration. Because you're going to call things trying to fix spiritual problems. You don't hear what I'm saying. So you don't make enough money and so you try to get two or three or four or five jobs. You're fixing a carnal problem and a spiritual problem but you're fixing it with carnal means. And so you get nothing but frustrated, aggravated, young, oppressed, depressed, suppressed, superfed. You know what I mean? Y'all look at that. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. So there's a few reasons I've learned that we refuse to change and we refuse to do things God's way. There's a few reasons. Now, let me say this. I'm not here to beat you up. You got a shot right through there. But I am here to let us know that God has given us the power to change. Look at somebody say, I got the power to change. Here's the good news about God is that even when we make mistakes, is that God doesn't get angry with us. He only gets, he only gets frustrated with us if we stay down. There's nothing wrong with failing, but there's something wrong with becoming a failure. Staying in failure. You understand what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong in making mistakes. That's why. Now, clap your hands for all the mistakes you've made. Clap your hands right now. Say, thank you, Lord, for my mistakes. Because if you've got to make some of the mistakes, you would have learned some of the stuff you learned. And you would have still been green. You know what I mean? So there's a few reasons people don't change. Like you said, the first thing is that people are victims and prefer to have excuses rather than results. You, you know people like that. Every time you talk to them, it's always somebody else's fault the way things are the way that they are. Y'all are talking. Can I just make an announcement to you that if the blood of Jesus has come in your life, all things have, all things have passed away? You didn't hear what I just said. All things have passed away and all things have become new. So how many things are new? All things. What's this? What's this? So you know the story, John chapter 5, 1 through 7. You don't have to go, but I'll read it to you. You know this story. This is a man that refused to change. Verse 1. After this, there was the feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In other words, five is the number for anointing. It's the number for favor. It's the number for grace. So this man was at a place where the anointing already was. Did you get that? In these days, great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Here, here's what's interesting about that, is that we know the anointing of God was already there. But they kept going every week, and nothing happened for them, because they weren't willing to change. It was easy to be a victim. Y'all are talking. Four. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. He saw other people get healed, but he never experienced any healing for himself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see other people get blessed financially, but you didn't see it for yourself. You see other people get a husband and you still single. Y'all are talking. Thirty-eight years. Or six. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to 
be made well. Now that was a yes or no question. Do you want to be made? Don't you hate when you ask a question to people and they tiptoe around? Yes. Do you like this week? Well, you know, Bishop, when I was growing up, I had plants in my backyard, and you know, do you like this color green? I, I, I did not ask you all that. So Jesus asked this man, he says, do you want to get healed of the thing you've been dealing with for 38 years? And the apostle man said, yes, I'm ready. Look at what he says. He says, sir, I ain't got nobody to put me in the pool. When they stir up the water, somebody else comes down and gets up and gets in there before me. So he likes being a victim because he's conditioned himself for 38 years to always having the same excuses to why he didn't get healed. How many people know that when Jesus comes by, you got to answer the question that he asks you. Stop telling him stuff he didn't ask you about. Baby, he knows the problems. He knows your issues. You know, you know, folks, we're all along with this family here waiting on you. Just a sin of need and salvation. And we're just trying to get it right. Wanted to come home through here by and by, you know. And God is like, listen, I know the problem. What you tell me the problem for? That's it, that's it. For 38 years, he settled for excuses rather than results. Watch this, I told you. He was in the pool, he was in the place called Bethesda. Five punches. The place where the anointing already resided. So at any moment he could have got healed had he stopped making excuses. So he sat there for 38 years with an infirmity and never changed because he made excuses. Somebody say, I'm making no more excuses. Next thing is this, write this down. They don't think they have what it takes. They don't think they have what it takes to change. Sometimes that's called false humility. You know people that always walk around with their head down trying to be victims so you can try to find out what's wrong with them? Okay, y'all ain't going to talk to me. I'm just going to preach this. Exodus chapter number four. God has now called Moses. He says, Moses, you are going to deliver my people out of bondage. You are going to deliver my people from slavery. You, you are what I have called. I have anointed you. I've sanctified you. I've given you the things to do. And here's what Moses says, chapter 4, verse 10. And Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and so of tongue. The Lord said to him, Who is making man's mouth? In other words, the Lord is saying, How the creation go tell the creator he can't do what he made him to do? You, you didn't hear that. Anybody ever been like that? The Lord tell you to do something. He said, Lord, I hear what you're saying. But why don't you send somebody else? <laughs> Watch this. But here's what the Lord does. I love this. Chapter 7, verse 1. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. Check this out. See. God said to Moses, What you got is a self-esteem issue. He says, you don't think you're good enough. So he says, I'm going to make you look like me to your enemy. Let that marinate. Let that marinate. God says to Moses, when you go in front of Pharaoh, he ain't going to see Moses. He's going to see the Alpha and the Omega, the I Am, that I Am. He's going to see Jehovah Jireh. He's going to see me when he looks at you. You didn't get that. See, we stop looking at trouble and let it get us depressed and let it get us worried and let us mess with our minds and get all stressed out walking around wondering how you're going to figure things out. If you 
you understood that through your circumstances, you look like God. Okay, listen, let me connect to that for That's why you can speak to a mountain and see it removed, because with that mountain, you look like Him. Y'all don't hear what I just said. Your financial trouble is not bigger than your God. And by the way, you look like God through your financial trouble. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Third thing, people don't change because they are too prideful to change directions. You ever met somebody that was too prideful to admit that they were wrong? How many people don't raise their hand and wave at it, look at it, just look at it? If you want it, folks, just want this. It's all right. Let me wait for you. That's it. People become too prideful to change because pride it forms out of bitterness, which comes from being hurt. Here's what pride is. Pride is not the root. Pride is the fruit of being hurt. And so you can know you'd be dead wrong, but can't nobody tell you you're dead wrong because you got hurt. And now you've got defense systems and defense mechanisms. You're not the Pentagon. you got more defense mechanisms than the federal government. And so now you don't let people get close to you. Now you don't let people talk to you. Now, now you're too scared to allow people to be your friend and allow people to be close to you because you've been hurt. And so now you've been hurt. And so now you become bitter. And that bitterness, it then turns into So I'm going to do things my way. As a matter of fact, it's my way or the highway. If you don't play in my sandbox the way I want you to play in my sandbox, I'll take my marbles and go home. Are you all with me? Watch this. Watch this. But those three things are all conditions of our mind. Can I take a slow so I can make sure you get it today? Those are conditions of our mind. So let me give it to you again. The first reason. Is that we're victims and that we prefer to have excuses rather than results. The second thing is that we don't think we got what it takes to do what God has said. The third thing is that we become too powerful to change directions. You know, it's hard to admit that you've been walking the wrong direction the whole time. I remember I was going with some of the sons uh, a couple weeks ago, and I thought, I, well, I kind of thought I knew where I was going. And so we started walking, I was like, yeah, we're going to run into a place where we can run in a minute, and we just kept running into the houses. I mean, people go, it can be difficult to admit you've been going in the wrong direction. Parents, especially with your children. It's hard to say you're wrong, but I'm telling you, if you don't learn how to even admit to your children when you are wrong and repent for them, they will grow up and they will resent you. And children, and let me say this, maybe you had a parent that was like that. They can be dead wrong and they never admit it to you. And so you grow up saying, I ain't going to be dead like my mom, I ain't going to be dead like my dad. And you grow up and you're going to spend so those are all conditions of the mind. But here's the last reason that we don't change. Some of us don't change when our seasons change simply because we ain't got the power to do it. This is, this is, this is what, you, what you're talking about. What you're talking about. There's one last reason that has nothing to do with the mind. God gave us a way by virtue of the Holy Ghost to bypass the mind. Y'all with me? Now, there are people that say today, well, uh, the power of the Holy Ghost has passed away today. All that miracle and laying hands and tongues, all that stuff, that ain't for today. Better they use one scripture, write it down so that you know more than what they're talking about. One scripture, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 8. And they use that scripture to say that the power of the Holy Ghost ain't for today. But I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar. The power of the Holy Ghost is for today. So people that say that God's power don't work no more, tongues, that's from the devil, and all that kind of stuff, what they're really saying is we want you to live like miserable, desperate, lacking. Remember, I told you this before. A lot of folks treat church like it's a cop house. They give you enough what? So you come back next week.
y'all been talking. And some half of y'all know y'all been even wondering how you do that. And you tell somebody to do it, and you leave like, Lord, I don't know what I just told you to do. Baby, you're going through what I just hold on to God and say, Yeah, baby. That's crack. Just enough to get you high, to get you to shop, leave, feel it good, and then you go to Monday and then you try to hold on to something that you ain't got nothing to hold on to. Why? Because if you don't got the power of the Holy Ghost working for you, then you don't have the power to change. Do you understand that? Watch this, watch this. Being saved is not the same thing as being filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, listen, can I teach you? Can I teach you? Many people get saved but never have the power to change. That's why they don't, because they never got filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Salvation is like homeowner's insurance. I heard this one. He said, salvation is like homeowners insurance. You gotta have it, and it protects the shell. It protects the house. So if it's a fire, they replace it because you insure the house. So getting saved, all that is is giving you the protection of your house. So you ain't going to hell. But when the enemy comes here like a blood, if you ain't got the Holy Ghost to lift up a standard against him, And I connect some guys for you. People in Katrina. Most of them weren't, weren't, weren't the, 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 the hurricane didn't hurt them because it did damage to their home and hurt them because the levees broke and their homes were flooded. And they didn't have flood insurance because a lot of the times the banks even told them, you don't need flood insurance because you're not in a flood zone. That's why people tell them, you don't need the Holy Ghost, you saved. And so when the enemy comes in like a flood, Always happens is we get flooded out. You know how so many persons are depressed and, and, and down-spirited and all that kind of stuff and worried and dealing with anxiety? Because we thought that being filled with the Holy Ghost was a wham, bam, thank you, man, experience. I'm going to help you. I, I got to teach you how to build this good story. Flip over to Acts 19. Flip over to Acts 19. Flip over to Acts chapter 19. If you're watching my TV with us today, I want you to flip over there. I want you to go to Acts chapter 19 because I want you to see it from the Word of God. I want you to just take my word for it. I want you to take this word for it. Acts 19, 1 through 6. Now watch this. Pentecost had happened, so the Holy Spirit had already come. Are you with me? Y'all with me? Acts 19, 1 through 6. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. That Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard that there is a Holy Ghost. And he said to them, Into then what were you baptized? So he said to them, In John's baptism. Then Paul said, John had been baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they came to baptize, and in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, what it says? The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. They were saved, but they didn't have a Holy Ghost. You didn't get that. When we give our lives to the Lord, it is not an automatic that the Holy Spirit comes with that. Do you understand that? I'm trying to teach this. Because that's, you know, the Holy Ghost does this. This is what does the Holy Ghost do. It gives us power. It gives us boldness. Watch this. It gives us wisdom. It teaches us all things. But it does it, it helps us to self-check. It brings self-correction. That's what I'm saying. It's judge yourself and you don't have to judge you. You can't judge yourself if you ain't got the Holy Ghost to check you. Because you'll do what's right unto you. And it removes selfishness because the Holy Ghost, it is God's Spirit coming and dwelling in you. And a wham, bam, thank you, man, transaction. Watch this. It is a continual rebuilding that we need. That's why some of us are so depressed and we're tired and we're weary and about to give up. And every day you get ready to throw in the top because you're running on empty and you're five miles from more empty. And you're wondering why it seems like you're so hot. Maybe I'm here to tell you that when you got filled, what happened is only a process of time in meat. This is what he 
what you're talking about. I never heard of this stuff uh, talking about talking about getting refilled with the Holy Ghost. I thought you only had to get it once. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me show you some things. Now watch this. Watch this. Acts chapter number two. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes and he fills all the people. The Bible says they spoke in tongues. Now, the tongues they spoke in, in Acts chapter 2 were not the prayer language of tongues. They were different languages. There's different passages. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to explain this to you. They spoke in different languages. Why? So that the gospel can be spread to people. If the gospel was only known to the Jewish people and the Gentiles, how was the Arab going to hear the gospel? Except that the Holy Ghost gave them the words to speak in Arabic. Are you with me? But then, I found this out. I said, Lord, well, they got filled and they got filled once. That wasn't the only time they got filled corporately with the Holy Ghost. Go to Acts 431. Go to Acts 431. We think just because you got it once, that that's all it takes. But you have to continually be refilled and refilled and refilled to the point where the Bible says that your cup will run over. Because when your cup will run over, you don't let that else get up in it. 431, you did When they had prayed, the place they were assembled together was shaken. Look at this. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. These are the same people that got filled two chapters before. You didn't get that. You didn't get that. In Acts 2, they got filled. And Acts 4, apparently something happened to where they needed to get refilled. I said, look at 30, 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were one heart, one soul, neither did anyone say of the things he uh, possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Watch this, watch this. So at least two times in Scripture, we got it validated that they were filled corporately with the Holy Spirit. People of God, what's going to help us to stop going on this spiritual roller coaster is when we understand that we have to continually be refilled with the Holy Ghost. We get tired and weary when we have allowed the Spirit of God to seep out us. You know what does it? The cares of this world does it to us. You go through some hell and some stuff will seep out of you real quick. I said, so y'all with me? I'm going to give you a couple more things. Fasting weakens our flesh, which strengthens our spirit. How many people know when Jesus was born, he was the Messiah? Way back if you know that. When Jesus was born, so how many people know, let me ask my story, how many people believe that when Jesus was born, he had the power to heal? Way back when he was born. I said, he did, because he was always Jesus. But it wasn't until he had to do some things in Scripture. Scripture taught that to be a priest, you have to wait to the age of 30. So Jesus didn't start his ministry until the age of 30, so he could fulfill a prophecy about the Messiah. Second thing had to happen. Jesus had not been baptized. So John the Baptist baptizes him. He says, Lord, I'm not willing to baptize. He says, I gotta be baptized because when I'm baptized, the old me now changes and it shifts. So I was just Jesus. But then when I'm baptized, I become Jesus Christ. Watch this, watch this, watch this. And then the Bible says that then he went into the wilderness. So I understand that he first had to, he first had to do what? Come on, class. Turn 30. Uh huh. Then the second thing is he had to baptize. The third thing is he had to go into the wilderness. People of God, if you want to do great things, there's wilderness experiences. I'm sorry to tell you, I know it's supposed to be pink and cream and all tipped over too, but I'm sorry somebody lied to you. And let me say this people say, oh, it's so hard serving the Lord. No, it's hard serving the enemy. It's hard running from the police. How are we talking? It's hard running from people like this. That's hard. Got to change your number four and five times, and then they still manage to find it. You know what? And I want to say, you know what? You put some of these collection companies on some of the line, and you could have them years ago. You could go to a different country and they call you. Is this Susie? Yeah, this is Triple A. Yeah, we're done. I'm almost done. 
goes into the wilderness. In the wilderness, he fasts. So that his flesh now is weak. Because God is only strong when our flesh is weak. You didn't hear what I just said. When our flesh is full of strength, God can be strong. It's just like this. It can't be two men in no relationship. Because you got two heads. Same thing in our relationship with God. Your flesh can be so strong that when the king comes in, you run heads with the king. You understand what I'm saying? That's this. So he goes into the wilderness, and then here's what happens. It's through that wilderness experience, and him fasting for 40 days, 40 nights. This is what does it mean to fast? It means to abstain from food. That you drink water, you can do those kinds of things. Let me just speak to something. Fasting is not not watching TV. Then what you fast every day? You fasting for box. Who wants to be a millionaire? I fasted from America's next stop model. I said, now you fasting. That's called self-discipline. Fasting means to do what? Abstain from food. I'm almost done. So Jesus, here's what he did, y'all. Jesus fasted. And you know he didn't heal nobody until after all those things happened. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, 14, that he left the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. But Jesus is God. God is Jesus. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God. So in other words, he was so full of himself. You didn't get that. Jesus walked out of the wilderness full of himself. Watch this, watch this. And then all of a sudden, he started the messianic ministry. He started healing and turning water into wine. You know Jesus was cool. You know, Jesus was cool. Jesus wasn't all up here like this here. Jesus was cool. You know, he walked in the party here and turned around there. Yeah, Mr. Moore. I don't want to do this. So watch this. In order for us to walk in the power of change, the power of change is the voice of the what? Holy Spirit. So, in order for us to walk in that power, understand this that at least two times they will be filled corporately. But you're going to do today. And if you don't have, if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to get filled today. Now, I want to talk about this business real quick. Promise. Your prayer language. So that's when you hear people talking to you like, I don't know what they're saying. 
that's what happens. When we pray, it bypasses our mind. Because your mind don't understand what you're saying. Here's why the Lord gave us that. Because the Lord, it takes God to believe God. God is speaking about being a millionaire. You got 48 cents in your bank account. And that's the savings. And God knows that it's going to be difficult for you to pray about that in your flesh. So he gives you tongues as a way to bypass your flesh and bypass your mind and pray the perfect will of God. So if you don't do it, the Bible says you can desire it and ask him for it. You understand that? The third tongue is prophecy. We find that all through those readings. But that third tongue has to deal with the fact that if I come and I speak in tongues before you, that ain't going to help you. Because you have no clue what I'm saying. But let me prove it. Okay, what I said. You have no clue. And so the devil help you any? No. Why? So tongues with an interpreter is called prophecy. You get that? You just read 1 Corinthians 14, 5. So if I speak in tongues with, and there's an interpreter, that's prophecy. So it edifies you. Not translation, but interpretation. I'm almost done. I'm going to help you today. I'm going to help you today. So here's the, here's the deal. I hope you The power of change. Especially where does the power of change come from? The power of change comes from being filled and having the power of the Holy Ghost. Do you understand that today? Everybody stand on your feet today. Can I help you today? Did you learn something today? Watch this. For those of you that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you say, I got it. Good. You need some more. But those that have not received it, you need to receive it. And some people make it this weird seance kind of thing. Stop talking and be yourself. That's just weird. It's weird. If you say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit, He'll fill you with the Holy Spirit. Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it. It might make you excited. Whoa, didn't know my car was valued this high. It might make you nervous. Uh-oh, market's flooded. My car's value just dipped 2.3%. It might make you optimistic. Our low mileage is paying off. Our value's up. And it might make you realistic. Mm, car prices haven't gone up in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to sell. But it will definitely make you an expert on your car's value. Carvana Value Tracker. Visit Carvana.com to start tracking your car's value today. Well, well, well. Shopping for a car? Yep. Carvana made financing a car as smooth as can be. Oh, yeah? I got pre-qualified instantly and had real terms personalized just for me. Hmm, doesn't get much smoother than that. Well, I got to browse thousands of car options on Carvana, all within my budget. Doesn't get much smoother than that. It does. I actually wanted a car that seemed out of my range, but I was able to add a cosigner and found my dream car. It doesn't get much... Oh, it gets smoother. It's getting delivered tomorrow. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. 